1: lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now here's Michael Cargill.
2: Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right. So South, Southwest South, is upon us once again. And with hundreds of thousands of people set to attend the festival this year, Businesses all over the city are looking to get a piece of the action and ramp up their available goods and services in anticipation of the flood of incoming consumers. Traffic comes to a dead stop and, as always, is a major contributing factor to the frustration felt by so many of us native Austinites. But for some companies, it's one of the most profitable times of the year. We've discussed our frustration with the city needlessly sticking its nose in on free market territory in the past by mandating Uber and Lyft out of Austin, and now it's coming back to bite us in the behind. As you, as you can find out on Twitter, the replacement services of rideshare Austin. And Fossun both became inoperable in the face of massive demand right after the start of South By. Now, for whatever the reason may be, these companies were unable to supply the demand that could have been picked up by either Uber or Lyft, and instead, consumers were left with little choice but to find another less convenient and possibly significantly more expensive form of transportation, such as just drive home drunk. Translation. It wasn't long ago that Mayor Adler bragged that city's local alternatives to Uber and Lyft were innovating too fast and for the competition. So what I say is uh, innovate yourself out of this and uh, just let the companies do what they do and this will fix itself. So let me welcome to the show uh, Don Zimmerman, former Austin City Council member. Don, welcome to come and talk to Sir.
3: Michael, it's great to be on your show. Uh, this will be fun here, and I appreciate those opening remarks <clears throat> about the injury that your local city government did by driving out Uber and Lyft and one of the the dumbest and most pig-headed things uh, that I've seen in, in a decade, you know?
2: Absolutely, and you, and you were on city council when this was all taking place, uh, and, and it's just crazy, uh, and we literally, you know, got involved in something that was working great, you know without government involvement so we stuck our noses in it and now it's a it's a complete you know it is it's it's just <laughs> yeah. disastrous
3: yeah it was it was amazing you know when when everybody was running for office in 2014 everybody was talking about affordability right now the city's too expensive and the other big issue was traffic congestion mm. traffic congestion traffic congestion and i was on the austin city council mobility committee so when when this when rumors of this stuff started coming up, I said, uh, excuse me, what constituents are asking the Mobility Committee to tackle Uber and Lyft? They wanted us to tackle traffic congestion. And Uber and Lyft are helping to solve the traffic congestion problem. So why would you tackle private companies that are doing a good job, that are helping to relieve congestion? Why would you tackle those companies instead of tackling the problem of Traffic congestion, mm. and of course, I was ignored. So let me let me tell you, Michael. Since being released from the second level of the Death Star two months ago, it is great <laughs> to be on the outside here, looking back in. And I do joke, uh, Michael. You be the judge on this, but I butted heads with politicians so much and so hard for two years. Am I going to need a concussion protocol therapy here? You know, uh, seriously, it, uh, it was tough working down there.
2: Yeah, I, I bet. I don't, and I don't know how you how you did it for so long. Uh, but I really enjoyed having your voice on city council uh, because you're one of the you know, only sane people that actually would you know stick up for the people, the little guy in this town. Because uh, this city, you know, they've they're actually pricing out, you know, all the people that that really need that ride. They need Uber. We need Lyft. Uh, we're, we're being priced out. And we're not able to, you know, maneuver our way around this town anymore. It's just insane.
3: Well, I I appreciate that. But you remember, I I come from an engineering background, and I was always about problem solving. And when I'm on a, a city council full of leftist progressives, and their business is creating problems instead of solving them, and then here I am with one voice. I had a friend in Ellen Troxclair, of course, and on occasion on, a, on rare occasion, I might get some support from Councilmember gallo but but that 's way short of the six votes we need to actually solve problems, so it was a uh, very frustrating to be left with only a voice and no no ability to put forth uh, solutions that was frustrating
2: and so now you know we 're stuck with fawson and who's supposed to be the number one provider for rides uh for the ride sharing companies uh for south Southwest. South. Uh, and they just completely crashed last night on Saturday night when everyone needed them the most. While it was raining, uh, people trying to get to and from south by south by southwest events, uh, they couldn't get a ride at all. Uh, and just and and some someone said, "Well, you know, it's a 4G problem." No, it's not a 4G problem uh, because. Whenever these events take place, everyone knows that we're going to have they a certain know. amount right, of people right. that are they going to be the here in this city. the demand is
3: coming. Everybody knows the demand is coming. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. And and there's money to be made, uh, Michael, in the market. So the market responds at least as best that it can. But but along those lines, uh, I, I think people – you know, I was a software engineer for decades. I Really, I still am. And people take for granted how technology works, right? They They, they, they don't – they really don't appreciate the complexity and the expense of putting together an enterprise software system to be able to handle these kind of surges in demands. It's extremely complicated and expensive to do it. So I don't, I don't blame Rideshare and these companies for going down. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of predictable that it would happen because it is so expensive and so complicated to make these enterprise systems robust handle these kinds of issues and that's another reason why the Austin should have appreciated uber and lyft because they have proven platforms you know and the the the, the fact of having a proven platforms means you've spent millions of dollars perfecting this technology and that brings value to your community so don't drive them out in your arrogance that you know that people need to be fingerprinted for their own safety it's none of the city's business you know, you you do this a lot with firearms ownership, pointing out how liberty is really the best answer to security. I know, I know you do that a lot, and we appreciate your efforts in that regard.
2: Absolutely, um, I, it, I tell you, it's just insane. And you also have a, a radio show of your own.
3: I do. We have a weekend, uh, one day a week, a taxpayer's voice of reason. We just started that in late January, uh, three to five p.m. on. Uh, On Saturdays, and it's going pretty well. How long have you been on the radio, Michael?
2: Oh man, I think we've been doing this for like four years, three years, or something. About four years now, yeah.
3: And and look, look at where you are now, Mister Cargill, compared to when you first started. There's a dramatic improvement, wouldn't you say? That your your skills now are so much better than when you started. So there's no substitute for experience when it comes to talk radio, and I think you're doing a great job over there. On thirteen
2: seventy. Oh, I appreciate that. And um, where is your radio show?
3: It's on. Uh... Well, we're we're broadcasting on eleven twenty a.m. The okay. bridge. Yeah, and, and I... that, that station came out of uh, AM nine seventy, you know, years ago. Nine seventy was uh, some Christian talk radio. Uh, a lot of a lot of Bible preachers on it, and I believe nine seventy got eventually bought out by a, a Catholic organization, and mm. so some of the people on 970 kind of migrated to some other stations and they eventually landed at 11:20 a.m. so it's a relatively new radio station and relatively unheard of but uh, there's another there's a 5 to 7 talk show with Bob Phillips he's a defense attorney mm-hmm. so he's got a live uh, drive time show on 11:20 a.m. and by the way I'm going to be doing that drive time hour next week as a guest host uh, for Bob Phillips so but, but as you know, Michael, these talk radio venues are one of the best avenues that we have for promoting liberty you know, in mass media is through talk radio.
2: Yes, we have to reach as many people as we possibly can because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that people are just not aware of. You know, you have things that go on at the Texas Capitol, um, things that are going at the U.S. Capitol, uh, at Austin City Hall, and it's you know one of the ways that we have to reach people to let them know what is really happening out there.
3: And speaking of what's going on at City Hall, what what is the latest on your Efforts. I tried to help on this and didn't get far, but, but your efforts to get those metal detectors removed from City Hall because they were illegally placed there.
2: Yes, so we recently uh, received a letter from the Texas Attorney General's office because they actually reached out again to Austin City Hall and they sent a letter to the interim city manager, who is um, Elaine Hart. Elaine Hart, yeah. Right. So they sent a letter to her to let her know that, hey – you know, by the way, um, you know, this is still going on. Uh, there's still a, a lawsuit, and this is as of July 8th of 2016. So the, the clock is ticking. So basically what happens is the city of Austin, and, and thanks to um, Don Zimmerman, you know, we actually got the 3.06 sign removed, but the city of Austin had been posting six signs for years, uh, prohibiting the <laughs> yeah, license holders from yeah. carrying. And so... What changed in the law was that September the 1st, 2015, a law changed that said that, hey, a regular citizen can bring a complaint against a government agency that's posting a Mm 30.06 sign or 30.07 sign illegally. And Mm -hmm. so we were able to file a complaint with the Texas Attorney General's office. And once we did that, that happened on September the 1st, 2015. And that's when I um, actually met you at City Hall, um, Dunn. And we were able to get the one dollar six sign removed. But then after a couple of days later, I went back to city hall. And so they actually gave me verbal notice. So they verbally told me I couldn't come into the building and he left, you know, the metal detectors are still there. So I said, well, why can I come? Why can I not come into the building? And he said, well. Because we are now a courthouse, we're not city hall anymore. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty clever, huh? Yeah. So they they what what they did is they deliberately, you know, cordoned off a little area. I believe they have court uh, six times per year. Mm. Okay, six times per year. So it's pretty obvious that that was a deliberate, passive aggressive move to put an unnecessary temporary courtroom in the building, so they'd have the excuse to put a metal detector out and and block people from exercising their right to carry it. I got it. Your listeners, a lot of your listeners already know this, but I need to emphasize that that what these bureaucracies are doing, it's kind of the deep state idea. They really are a lawless group of, of power mongers, and they do stuff that's illegal every day because they figured out that no one's gonna stop them. Mm. And so the the best you can do is kinda what you did and what I've done was suing the city on their illegal campaign finance rules, but you have to take them to court. That's expensive, that's time-consuming, and the city bureaucrats are happy to use taxpayers' money to fight against you as a taxpayer. And what's the downside if they lose? Mm. Nothing, right? If they eventually lose, they may have to get rid of that metal detector at the front door but what did it cost them as passive aggressive lawless bureaucrats? It cost them nothing. Nothing. Vi- while know? they're busy
2: violating our rights.
3: <laughs> and and right. my, my big
2: thing with this is we are citizens, okay? And they're focusing so much on illegal immigration. And becoming a sanctuary city, you know, or staying a sanctuary city and protecting illegal immigrants, that they're not focused on protecting citizens, people that are here that are the top of the line, license holders. They're the cream of the crop when it comes to gun owners and who have been vetted, you know, going through a background check you know, they're actually punishing those people and saying that, hey, you cannot come into the building, but we're going to spend our resources and spend our money actually defending illegal immigrants. And let me mind, everyone, there's a difference between legal immigration and illegal immigration. All right, so we're talking about... Yeah, that's an excellent point. And hold on, Don here. We're talking with Don Zimmerman, a former city council member. Uh, We're talking about Uber and Lyft. We're talking about Southbound Southwest. We're talking about rideshare. We're talking about the city of Austin. We're talking about keeping government out of our business. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
0: This is Doug Bois Jr., Executive Director of the Texas State Rifle Association. You're listening to Michael Cargill and Come and Talk It Radio.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
2: All right. So we're talking with Don Zimmerman, former city council member. We're talking about Uber and Lyft. We're talking about Fawson and some other ride sharing companies here and Southbound Southwest and how they just completely failed yesterday and failed every time we have a major event Every time we have a major event. Back when we had the um, F1 race, they failed then. And we have a short-term memory about these things. Uh, It's happening every time we have a huge event in this town, and that's just unacceptable. And this is what happens when government gets involved in e-commerce or gets involved in uh, just transactions, period. All right. So
3: Exactly right, Michael. Yeah, they don't appreciate the complexity of the technology that they would like to overregulate.
2: Yeah, so, and then we're also talking about uh, Austin City Hall with uh, Don about the, um, the 3.06 and 3.07 sign and how the city of Austin um, just refused to allow license holders to carry inside City Hall. So now they're saying they are a courthouse. So since they are a courthouse, uh, they can now prohibit license holders from carrying. And I disagree. All right, so I filed another complaint uh, with the Texas Attorney General's office there and said, Hey, that is an event. Okay, so one day out of the month, the Austin City Hall holds court or six times throughout the year. They hold a court for that one day, you know, that month in Austin City Hall. So that one day they can prohibit license holders from carrying um, or in that area that the court session is going on. So but the rest of the time, the other 365 days or 360 days or whatever, license holders should be able to carry in Austin City Hall. That is the building that's owned by the people. We are taxpayers, and that's our building. That's not private property. If it was private property, then they could prohibit uh, someone from carrying. But we're not talking about private property. We're talking about the, uh, the the people's property.
3: Well, you are, but you're pulling the covers back on the arrogance of uh, these city bureaucrats that that want to rule over you like they're little gods and little lords or something. I mean, they know what the law is. They really know what they're doing is technically illegal, but what they'll do is come up with some plausible excuse for an anti-gun political agenda, and, th- and now it's up to you, and thankfully you've done it. It's, it's up to we, the people, to stop the government bureaucrats from violating our rights and from abusing power. It, it is a ridiculous situation, and, and unfortunately it goes a lot further than just you know the right to carry a weapon. There's all kinds of illegal stuff going on because the The bureaucrats know that elected council is afraid to stand up to them, and they're afraid to stand up because the bureaucracy exercises the power. They control the budget. They control the money. They control the information. They control the agenda for city council meetings, and council is impotent when it comes to confronting the abuse of power of the city bureaucracy. That's my conclusion after two years of that, and I have dozens of excellent examples to back that up. In the the gun issue is just one issue of many. And
2: yeah. and so and and luckily, you know, through the, the legislation that went into effect September first, two thousand and fifteen, it now imposes a fine. You know, not only does it allow citizens to file a complaint, it imposes a fine. So and I, I think the AG is actually they actually have it wrong because the, the fine according to the bill says that it's one thousand two, one thousand five hundred dollars for the first day. The first offense, and then it's mm-hmm. ten thousand to ten thousand five hundred dollars for every subsequent offense or second day, and so on.
3: Wow! Yes, wow. so you know, you know, you know, Michael, those numbers are consistent with what code compliance. Those are the little uh, bullies that drive around in trucks and hassle people for. You know, renovations that were done 30 years ago that you had nothing to do with and they threaten you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's out of code compliance. Fix it. We'll fine you $2,000 a day and cut off your utilities. Mm. (laughs) That's what the city bureaucracy does to our people. So uh, I'm thrilled to hear that maybe you're going to be able to do that to them and give them a taste of their own medicine.
2: Yeah, because, well, so the numbers are actually staggering uh, because if you take my number, which is, you know, We'll we'll charge him one thousand five hundred dollars for that first day, and then that ten thousand five hundred dollars, the max fine for every subsequent day. We're talking we're over two million dollars right now. We're at two million five is where we are for that fine when this goes to that's you know finally impressive. goes to court.
3: Yeah, those are some impressive numbers there.
2: And yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, and 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 people ask, well, where does that money go? Well, that money goes back into the general fund for the state of Texas, and that's going to be used to fix our roads.
3: That's a good point, and any any dollars that are taken away from these passive aggressive uh, uh, bureaucrats down here is is probably a good thing. You, you know, the other, the thing that they boast about a lot that they'll stand up and talk about local control. Mm. How many times have you heard of these Austin politicians and bureaucrats talking about local control? Local control. You know, I ran for office, Michael, for local liberty. Mm. My job in office is for, is to protect the liberties of the taxpayers and property owners and the voters and the people that live here. The job of government is to protect local liberty, not to impose local control. But, of course, I'm unelected, but thank God I've got my liberty back.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And and we definitely thank you for your service uh, and what you did for us, you know, fighting for us while you are at Austin City Hall.
3: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I hope there's something else in the future here. The hand of Providence has a way of opening up doors, and uh I'm always on the lookout for one of those open doors as as I'm sure you are as well,
2: yeah, and we definitely got to get you inside the studio one of these Sundays and uh, so we can have you sitting here at the table. We can you know have you the entire show and you know face to face it always comes across one a of these better.
3: days we'll do it uh, I'm kind of tied up here on the weekend, but yeah, one of these days we'll do it. And uh, I really appreciate your uh, invitation to get on the show, Michael. It's been fun. All
2: right, Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Don Zimmerman, former city council member, the fighter for freedom, the fighter for liberty. He was your voice in Austin City Hall. I would definitely want to thank him for coming on the show today. All right. So now we're going to change gears a little bit and let's talk about the Texas Capitol, and what's happening at the Capitol, what's happening with our pro-gun bills. So let me go to Justin with Lone Star Gun Rights. Justin, what's going on at the Capitol?
4: Hey, Mike. Uh, Right now we've got a bill, HB 131. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, Yeah. It exempts firearms, firearm accessories, and ammunition that are manufactured, sold, and used in Texas from Congress's power to regulate interstate commerce. So essentially, if it's made here and sold here, it's legal to own and use. Okay. That would be, you know, suppressors. I see you got a weird look on your face over there, Michael. What's going on?
2: Yeah, because I, I have a problem with that because, you know, <laughs> all right, manufacturers actually, manufacturers and gun stores fall under, uh, they have an FFL. They fall under the federal government. Correct. So you know, what I need someone to tell me is how is that going to work with the manufacturers who have a federal, federal firearms license, and how's that going to happen with gun stores
4: my uh, guess is you wouldn't apply for an FFL if you're making these particular items that were that would be selling within the state
2: so those items there will not be sold in any gun store that because has because the FFL. reason
4: you have an FFL is so you can you can deal across state lines right correct, correct. so so I, my guess is only people that be able to participate in this to to not see any type of fines or penalties or lose their license my guess is you'd have to manufacture and not have an
2: you FFL you couldn't have an FFL at all I wouldn't believe so. Yeah, yeah.
4: But we're, we wouldn't be the first state to pass this either. Uh, so several other states have passed interstate protection bills for firearms, uh, like Alaska, Arizona, Idaho, or Idaho, South Dakota, Tennessee, Wyoming, uh, Missouri, and Kansas have all passed these bills. Well, so
2: you guys need to track this bill because if you're looking for an idea to do a startup, you know, start your own company, <laughs> there's your idea right there. If this bill passes, you know, there's just there's no way an FFL dealer a gun store is going to be able to sell any of these items in their gun store uh, because they're going to have to follow the federal firearms license uh, rules uh, of the ATF and the FBI. So that's going to have to be a a totally separate business.
4: Well, if this sounds like a bill that you support, if you're out there listening, uh, there's a hearing for this bill on Tuesday, March 14th, 2017, 8 a.m. in the room E2.014. It's on the north wing of the Capitol. Uh, take the elevators down to level E2, and again, it's room E2.014. And it's Tuesday. Tuesday, 8 a.m. Yeah, so if right. this sounds like a bill that you uh, you want to get behind, go ahead and show up and uh, register your support.
2: You know, all this stuff always happens on my birthday, right around my birthday week, I swear. <laughs> uh, all, all the bills, all the gun bills, we're, we go back and forth to the Capitol. We work is, that all why you, is that
4: why you changed your birthday to, to last week? No, it wasn't last week. It's huh? Tuesday. <laughs> is that why you're giving people false information? <laughs>
2: oh, see? It wasn't last week. It was Tuesday. I'm not going to tell you what year, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> but definitely. Alright, and so what other bills are out there? Uh, well, the deadline for filing
4: bills was the 10th. Was a so Friday. That it was, was. On Friday. It was on Friday. And so. people
2: were actually walking around the Capitol on Friday trying to get, you know, reps oh, and state senators to actually file a bill for them. And they were begging, you know, please file this bill.
4: Oh, I can I can imagine. I took the day off, but I, I spent several days there last week uh, pushing for constitutional carry. But uh
2: I I get I get pulled in like all these different directions. I, I you know was on Friday I was with the Law Cabin Republicans of Texas um, and then it's like every different day, you know, but it's like three days last week. I was with a different group each day. It's just, it just gets to be insane. When you don't it comes stop, to Yeah, it gets to be insane. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I don't know how you, I, I can't do, can't do what you do. I can't go there every single day either. It just, I would go crazy. The things that happen behind the scenes, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how you, you sit in the state rep's office. You know, we sit in someone's office like Representative James White. And you sit there and you talk to this guy and you're like, you know, hey, you know, we have this bill that we think that you would like. Uh, Would you consider supporting the bill? You know, consider doing certain steps to help us get the bill passed. Yep. And then this person is sitting there and while you're talking to them, look, you right in your face and won't even have the audacity to tell you that, well, he's writing a new bill that he's going to file, you know, within days after your meeting, <laughs> you know that actually is totally different than what you're talking about.
4: Well, I can tell you the reason for that. It's because he's not proud of his bill. He knows his bill is a watered down version, and he knows, like he, a, he, he knows like he's, that essentially he's undermining all of our work. So why would he? Uh, why would he tell us about that if he knew we to take
2: offense to it? He's, he's a coward. And he has short man syndrome. <laughs> I, I, like I, I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, well, I'm know calling know him that like that I see like. it. <laughs> so, you can hate me. I don't care.
4: but uh the, the deadline was the 10th and chairman of the homeland security committee which is phil king has stated that he was going to schedule a hearing for hb 375 which is constitutional carry he was waiting for all the bills to be filed for the 10th so right now the clock is ticking for us to get a hearing for 375 so we've put out a call to action uh We've got, a list, we've got a list of four representatives that have not co-sponsored HB 375, and these four reps are sitting on the Homeland Security Committee, and they are Republicans. So and they already is, have a Republican party platform to support constitutional carry, so we're urging people to call them and tell them they want them to co-sponsor this bill. And what is HB 375? That is the constitutional carry bill. Okay. That is the only constitutional carry bill currently.
2: Okay. So, now, and there and there, there are a lot of different other bills. There's a lot of little small bills. There's a bill that you know takes care of EMS and allow EMS, uh, first responders, to be able to carry while they're working. Uh, there's you know some other bills you know that take care of uh, activity, school activities. I wish someone would have filed a bill to actually clean up campus carry. And I don't understand why we couldn't get anyone to file a bill to clear up campus carry, especially since we just had a young lady um, sexually assaulted uh, near the um, well in West Campus of University of Texas campus. So but, you know, we didn't have anyone to actually you know give us a cleanup bill, which is actually pretty sad because there's some work that we need to get done um, there in, in cleaning up campus carry. For sure, definitely.
4: It's just it could, just comes down to what it what is it that we can prioritize and what do we think that we're able to get a, as many people as possible behind. But you know,
2: that's what frustrates me because it's sad that we have to do that. We have to prioritize. We have to beg. Well, massa sir, can we please sir, can we have this one here sir this year and we'll wait uh, two years later sir please, massa sir. You know I, that really irritates me because we are in Texas and Texas is supposed to be the pro gun state. And it's really not that pro-gun. You right. know, Texas, we have a Republican governor. We have a Republican lieutenant uh, lieutenant governor. We actually have a Republican-controlled House, uh, a Republican-controlled state Senate. And we have to fight tooth and nail to get a pro-gun, a pro-2A bill passed in the state. And meanwhile, I don't understand that. Meanwhile, they
4: all campaign on being pro-gun. But when it comes time— They
2: talk to- that talk, but they don't, <laughs> definitely don't walk the walk.
4: When it comes time to getting their, their names or signatures on bills, it's like pulling teeth.
2: We, I mean, literally, we beg and talk and sit down and talk to these people, catch them wherever we can possibly catch them in the restroom um, at different little functions and say, hey, you know, what about uh, this bill? What about taking care of EMS? What about taking care of school activities? Uh, what about, um, you know, doing some cleanup work with Campus Carry? Uh, you know, got to take care of you know our students, you know, making sure they actually can protect themselves from point A to point B. Because I'm telling you, the city of Austin is getting so small, it's getting so small that 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 every time something happens in the news, I know the person that it happens to or, you know, someone that is directly related to them. Every single time I turn on the news, that's just how small this town has gotten. And I guess that's the product of actually having over 40,000 students, you know, walk through your doors. That has gotten just that small for me. And it just drives me nuts. Well, I'd like to do this real quick, Mike. I'd like to
4: give the listeners some homework. I want them to grab a pen and paper right now, and I want them to write down these phone numbers and start
2: calling Monday. So these are people that we need to call and say, hey, let's get these pro-gun bills passed. You shouldn't have to do this because these are Republicans who are supposed to be thinking about the people and taking care of um, the Second Amendment community. So we really shouldn't have to ask you to do this, but we're going to ask you to do this anyway because they're not doing what they said they were going to do when they went to the House. You're right. We
4: should not have to do this. But this is what it's going to take. It's going to take the relentless phone calls. It's going to take, you know, we can't let up on this issue. And if we do, they're going to go on to something else or or they're just not going to do it. So we have to force their hand by melting down the phone lines. So listeners, grab a pen and paper. And there's, there's these four reps right now that have their hands on the levers right now. And they're the ones that are directly responsible for the fate of HB 375 constitutional carry in Texas right now.
2: And all pro-Second Amendment bills.
4: And all pro-Second Amendment bills. That's correct. But it's Representative Phil King. He's the chairman of the committee.
2: Has not brought this bill up yet. Not yet. Phil King hasn't brought the bill up yet. Clock is ticking. Clock is running out. His number is
4: 512-463-0738. Give him a call first thing in the morning. Tell him you want him to co-sponsor the bill and you want a hearing on the bill.
2: Light him up. Representative Phil King, let's light him up on Monday.
4: Next representative is Dwayne Burns. His number is 512 four six three zero five three eight call him up tomorrow morning tell him you want him to co-sponsor the bill and you want a hearing on this bill
2: come on Dwayne, do what you're supposed to do son
4: the next rep is justin holland his number is five one two four six three zero four eight four call him tomorrow morning tell him you want a, uh, him to co-sponsor hb 375 and you want a hearing on hb 375 shame 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 <laughs> justin shame the, the last rep is going to be Representative John Ray. His number is 512-463-0516. Uh, Call him tomorrow morning. Tell him to co-sponsor 375 and tell him you want a hearing for HB 375 as well. Absolutely. Shame. Shame.
2: Shame. Shame. And again, I, I want to em- emphasize. That Shame. These- Shame. 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 Shame on you. We have to go through these measures to get a pro-Second Amendment passed in the state of Texas. Shame. 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 And Your I- kids are looking at you. Shame. Shame on you. We have to go through these measures to get down on our knees to beg Republicans in the state of Texas to pass a Second Amendment bill. Shame. Shame. Well, I did want to
4: emphasize that these four Republicans right now are directly responsible for the fate of HB three seventy five. And I think you kind of nailed that home for me, Mike.
2: All right. So we're talking about what happens behind the scenes at the Texas Capitol. We're talking about Austin City Hall. We're talking about Uber and Lyft. We're talking about Southbound Southwest. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Maj toure You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Shame. Shame.
2: Shame that we have to go through these measures to get a pass, a bill passed in the state of Texas. Just shame. Pro-gun state. All right. So we're talking about what happens behind the scene at the Texas Capitol. Um, We're talking about our pro-gun bills that we're trying to get passed here in the state of Texas. Uh, we're talking about just doing some cleanup work. Um, it, most of the bills are actually cleanup bills to fix issues that are in the Texas laws uh, that are, you know, that are wrong. You know, the issue of, hey, what if you have to you're, you're sitting at McDonald's? And I use this example in my classes all the time. You're sitting at McDonald's and you're eating lunch. You at a restaurant somewhere and a school bus pulls up and you have your handgun license. You got your gun on you. You're sitting inside McDonald's. You're eating lunch. A school bus pulls up inside McDonald's there, and kids get off that school bus, and they're on a field trip. A school-sponsored activity. That means, and they're going in that McDonald's to eat lunch. That means you're supposed to leave with that gun, because that's a school-sponsored activity. And, you know, we I always bring up the issue of the Texas Capitol and the fact that uh, people with a handgun license can carry in the Texas Capitol openly or concealed. And... We, you have your, your mail detector line. Your non license holders go through. You have that handgun license line where you show the trooper at the door your handgun license, and and you go into the Texas state capitol with your handgun. You can openly carry, conceal carry your handgun in the Texas state capitol. And so in the capitol, everyone's carrying a gun. You know, your state reps, your your state senators, and, and your license holders, uh, and and there are at least three, if not more, school field trips in that building. You know, every day, Monday through Friday, at least. And so uh, that means that everyone's violating that law. And that's a felony, by the way. And so that is a, that's something that needs to be done, needs to be fixed. And that's something that we have to beg to get them fixed. They're violating that law themselves. And so we shouldn't have to beg to get these issues resolved in what is supposed to be a pro-gun state, uh, the state of Texas. I shouldn't have to beg anyone to, you know, to go through this trouble. We have the issue of, uh, uh, what's the other little festival we have, ACL Festival. With the ACL festival, the city of Austin, that they they actually lose their ever loving mind. Well, they will post a 30.06 sign, a 30.07 sign. They'll post a 51% sign. They'll post a blue sign that says you can carry. They just lose their ever loving mind uh, when it comes to license holders being able to carry uh, on in a park doing an event. That is being leased by someone else. And that's another one that I think the the Attorney General actually got wrong. Um, So, but we're, you know, these are things that we shouldn't have to beg to fix. Shouldn't have to beg to be able to carry my firearm in a park.
4: Shouldn't have to beg for that. The problem is, these representatives, they'd rather their ideal session
2: would be doing nothing, absolutely nothing. So, and instead, we're sitting here talking about the frickin bathrooms we're talking about. And, and it's pathetic. You know, it really is. And I, I don't even like discussing issues like that. That's stuff that should be handled at a lower level. You know, that should be handled at the state level. It shouldn't be hand, handled at the federal level. You know, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know why we're discussing that. That's stuff that should be handled at a much lower level and dealt with in, 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 if it's a problem, because nine times out of 10, the majority of of communities, it's not going to be a problem so if it's a, it's a problem in your community, then you know what man up and handle your business, keep us out of it. That shouldn't be a state issue. The government should not get involved with that. It drives me nuts
4: and to this point, I don't think it's been an issue i no. mean i mean it's this is not something brand new that's just happened. You know what I'm saying like I mean, how long have we had transgendered people and stuff like that living amongst us i mean it's been <laughs> Long time and I haven't heard of any issues. So it's just it's well, <laughs> it's crazy that you're spending so much time on this, especially. And, and
2: that's and that's what's going to divide the whole freaking session. It's all going to be about the bathrooms and the um uh, I forget what else. There's one other issue. And then that's that's what's all going to be about. We're not going to get anything done. And the whole thing, I ask, asked uh, one of the state reps, I said, what's the problem with, for instance, House Bill 375? What's the problem with that bill? You know, why are you guys, why will you not you know, push that bill? And they said, well, it's because of the bill author. They don't like the bill author. And that's not justification. Who cares about the author who writes, you know, who, who is the author of the bill? And if that's the case, where's your bill? Exactly. So if you don't like the bill author, then write your own bill and push your own bill through uh, but that's you know that's it's just a cop out. Yeah, it really is. You know, we if you are concerned about taking care of people and their personal safety, then you wouldn't be playing these games. This these are all games and shame on you for that. Shame. You know, definitely shame. Cuz we shouldn't be playing games with people's lives here. All right. And then also, oh, man, what's the other issue? It was one other thing. Oh, I can't even think right now. I'm so upset. <laughs> I'm just mad. mad Man, I'm just not going to take it anymore. (laughs) All right, so let me bring into the conversation uh, Zach. Zach, step up to the mic. Hey. So Zach just flew in literally from New Zealand. Sure did. That's right. From New Zealand. And I, you look a lot better because when the, the picture I saw of you in New Zealand, boy, you look like you just had it. I was in pain. You look I like was. you were just, it your was head hurting. was
0: almost on the ground, literally, <laughs> <laughs> as you're walking on the beach. Well, well, my neck was really sore from that bike ride. You have to get into what's called aerodynamic position when you're. Going on a 112 bike ride, 112-mile that, that, ride. That's your
2: girlfriend's fault for not prepping you for it, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah I'm, bl- I'm, I'm blaming yeah. you. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Okay. So after 2.4 miles of swimming in Lake Tapo, which mm-hmm. is uh in Tapo, New Zealand, I had to ride the bike for 112 miles. You have to get really so the bike low. Ride, wait, hold on. So the bike ride itself was 112 miles. 112.
2: All right. So what is this called? This is called... uh Iron Man, New Zealand. Iron Man, New Zealand. Okay, so, and good Lord, okay, that, that's a lot, 112 miles for, on the bicycle.
0: Yeah, so you have to hunch forward on this specially designed triathlon bicycle i feel
2: bad because i actually complained
0: just by you know i'm going five miles from from where i live <laughs> to the office
4: this and I'm was just
2: huffing and puffing
4: this was a competition or what was what was it the, was the a basis race. for
0: this okay this is a race and this is something you do quite a bit or it's my second full iron man i've done four half iron man races and uh probably about a total of 50 triathlons
4: they have those here too those don't they i mean what I'm just curious about the, the New Zealand one. How'd that
0: come hey, about? Hey, it's uh, halfway across the world. I yeah, why'd you go to New Zealand? You can't even carry a gun in New Zealand. I can't, so I if didn't take mine. Court. I could have I taken it, but they would have confiscated it. At the airport, police would have taken it. Uh-huh, and then maybe given it back to me when I left if they I doubt it. so chose. <laughs> All right, so this is 112 miles on a bicycle. Uh-huh, yeah, hunched over with your head... Craned up, basically, so you didn't train like an for, old hunchback. So you didn't train for that, huh? Uh, I trained about an hour a day, usually, for yeah. this race that ended up taking me 14 hours. And you did it straight, without stopping? I uh, took a few bathroom
3: breaks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're right, yeah, that's true. I
0: stopped to eat uh, biscuits, as they call them over there, which are really Chips Ahoy cookies. 14 hours just for the bicycle race. No, that's the entire
2: race. So the entire race was 14 hours, and it was 112 miles on the bicycle, and then what was the other event?
0: First, it was 2.4-mile swim, 112 miles on the bicycle. But, so the swim was in the ocean. Well, it's in Lake Topo, so freshwater lake, lake. Okay. Okay. but it felt like the ocean. The because wind had picked up. There were these giant waves just okay, hold on. smacking that, what, you the What face. was the temperature? It was great temperature, probably high 60s, oh, okay. mid-60s. Okay. Yeah, 2 2 miles uh swimming.
2: Uh, I can't do that either. <laughs> yeah. 2.4. Yeah, no, can't do 2.4. Yeah, you and
0: after you finish that swim and bike, then it's a marathon, 26.2 miles.
2: Oh, and then that. I got to run 26 miles? Yeah. Yeah, you better collect Point my two. gun up at the airport. I might have killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. 26 miles. You did okay, you did 2.4 swimming first. Yes. And then 26 miles running. That's last. Oh, the, the 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 run is last. It's last. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I could I could do the swim last. You know what I'm saying? Just just inhale some air and float float
0: the rest of the way. You know I, what I mean? I almost cursed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but they do
0: put time limits on all three legs.
2: Oh, so then oh, so if you don't make it, they everyone just leaves and Correct. you're you're dish, there by yourself.
0: <laughs> well, they'll actually come pull you out of the race, oh, saying, "Hey, that- you're not to this point by this certain time." Oh, that's cool. So we got gotta get. Get you out of here. Did you make it? Of course. Oh, okay. What what'd we place? Uh, nothing to write home about. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> you got the t-shirt. <laughs> I got the t-shirt, the towel, the metal. Nice. The uh, little least get, bag that they give. So they have to drag you off kicking and screaming,
2: oh, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm not finished. I got a hundred more miles to go. <laughs>
0: they actually had to pull 300 people. Oh, um, no. If I uh, flew
2: that far and you wouldn't let me finish... Yeah, that's why they collect the guns in reality. <laughs> I'm just telling you. That's why they collect them up. Yeah, no way. Uh, okay, so, wow, that's insane. That's, I'm proud of you. Yeah, what's well, even and more you actually, insane. You look good. You don't,
0: Hey, thanks. Because uh, I, I expected you to lose, like, you know 20 pounds. I lost 10, but I've gained it all back now. Because you are just been eating for, like, 72 eating hours. Eating everything that I see. McDonald's, Burger King, just everything. Uh, everything. How was, how was How was the food over there? It was pretty good. I like the did, fush and chips, as they call it. Did you go out and eat like
4: after after the event? Or I'm assuming you were probably on a strict diet prior? Or...
0: Oh, I had some chicken soup after. Uh-huh. Delicious. I just
2: wanted to sleep at that yeah. point. I bet, because I didn't even hear anything from you. I was like, hey, hello, you okay? You're alive? You're alive? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everything all right? You still breathing? You, even your text messages were slow. You're just like, yes. My
0: fingers were sore at that point.
2: I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy! All right, so uh, so Zach, Zach went to New Zealand and did the Ironman New Zealand, and it was 112 miles on a bicycle. But first, she did a 2.4 miles. No, yep, 2.4 mile Correct. swim first, uh-huh. then 112 miles on a bicycle, yep. and then
0: 26.2
2: 26.2 the mile run after the bike ride.
0: Yeah, now I got the itch again. I want to go to Ironman Australia. May 7th. All right. So we're talking about, that's crazy. That's what we're talking about. That's insane.
2: Uh, This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
3: Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It.
1: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. I
4: get knocked down. All
1: right, so we get knocked down, got to get back up
2: again. So, Jim, Jim Phipps says, uh, Michael and Justin, I won't call in. However, we aren't communicating well with the legislatures. Uh, It is not due to the lack of work by either both of you or Rachel. Uh, We need to do things differently and maybe concentrate on one bill as a unified group, not as many groups for 2A and constitutional caring. Um, <clears throat> actually, I, I kind of agree with that a little bit. We do need to work more unified. I think that's what the problem but there's there's a problem with
4: Not know, everybody has the time to spend at the Capitol. Right now, And to my knowledge, I've been at the Capitol more than any other gun rights organization that I've seen, period, and not everybody has the time to do that. Right. Not to mention unfortunately, some of us are okay with watering stuff down or you know some of us some some people think the issue is that you know the bills uh, asking for too much at once you know what i'm saying we don't we don't all have the same philosophy as what the problem is you know what i mean so uh as far as getting us all together as one large group i mean we all want to go the same direction i think that's as as much of a group as you you're going to get to get us to lump into unfortunately you know right
2: yeah because you and you got your older generation you have the younger generation and then and then the other people are trying to get you know different little things. There's, there's also some knife stuff that certain people are concentrating on as well. So some people are more concerned about knife stuff than anything else. Um, Which so, we
4: just testified at a hearing last week for a yeah. knife bill yeah. to get rid of the double-edged uh, the, the qualifications or to I make sure daggers one. were legal. What day
2: was that? I missed that. Totally missed that.
4: I see Tom is <clears> listening <throat> right now. If he writes me right now, he'll know because he's the one who went there on our, our behalf and mm-hmm. testified on it. Yeah, I totally missed that.
2: But it was last week. Okay, had to be on the Thursday or a Tuesday. Yeah, okay, yeah, I don't <clears throat> all right so uh, so Zach and, and the reason I'm bringing Zach in, yeah. you know Zach is my one of my personal trainers. So Zach, you know, how does one prepare for this race in
0: New Zealand? There are a lot of different ways, <laughs> <and> very few <laughs> correct ways. Do you think you were well prepared for it? Uh, I know that I wasn't optimally <laughs> prepared, <laughs> but my goal wasn't to beat the pros. Translation: Nope. Were you? Get pre- were get you prepared? Were you, <laughs> were you uh, doping your blood? <laughs> you, you didn't dope it up. Were you Actually, free- a lot of amateur triathletes do that: freeze their blood and then. Well, back oh, there's some pros less that do it as sophisticated well. Sophisticated ways. Uh, we pros have, get we, tested more. I think we
2: have one in Austin that did that. <laughs> well, what you've got to do is you, you've, you've got
4: you've to work out at sea level, and then you have to go up into the mountains and, and, and spend the night, basically, I mm-hmm. think, from what I understand, in order to increase that's your... That's one
0: way to do it, and they make yeah. these uh, tubes and tents that you can get inside to simulate that. They actually pull the oxygen from the air so inside. Did you, so did you try some dope? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you did I did it all natural. Oh, man. Darn, that's no fun. Lots of chicken breast, uh, chicken nuggets. Mm. All right. Eggs. Eggs, lots of eggs. Lots of eggs, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what were the people like there? Sorry. People were great. Oh, I love the people of New Zealand, Australians, such great people in Australia. We need to let your girlfriend know that, you know, go ahead. We'll be moving soon. (laughs) Yeah. Without her. (laughs) Go
2: ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I digress.
0: But uh, Australia really reminds me of Texas a lot. Really? Yeah, the people are really friendly. It's uh, kind of the outback, you Hmm. know. It was a great place, and there's an interesting story about the indigenous people of New Zealand. So, the original inhabitants of the island were called the Moriori people. Nope. Okay, they're like the islanders that were there before they were it was darkies, all colonized. Right? <laughs> uh, not really were light, dark. Were they lighties or darkies? Uh, like sort of Samoan type. Uh, As we say people. in the military, sort were they same. light green or dark green? <laughs> <laughs> kind of in between, I guess. So, brown uh, green. Yeah, brown. Okay, Uh brown green. Okay, all right. But the Moriori people, you know, they were happy there. And uh, then the Maori people came Mm. from another island and... They basically were armed with clubs and uh, hatchets and some guns. Was, I think assault weapons. Early 19th <laughs> century. So they had assault weapons
2: and the other people did not. They were.
0: And they guns, got unloaded on ships, two ships, 500 of them apiece. And they were heavily armed and they liked to eat people. Mm. And so they went through the Moriori towns, started killing them and eating them so they were looking at you while you're running and you're doing your and they were like man he just so, cut himself." So, so to train for this race did you ride your bike bike through their territory uh i should have done that i would have really gone fast if that <laughs> yeah, were the case. This,
4: this seems like it'd be, be like a good workout you know right did, there
0: yeah but if i fell and maybe scraped my arm or leg then that might uh you know get well, them salivating did they,
2: uh, did they you, tell you that before the race or after the race this story about the, the history Oh, I was learning
0: about it the whole time I was there. On the airplane ride over. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, don't stop and do this. But yeah, the Maori came in, killed the Moriori, ate them, took over, and now I think there are less than a 1,000 Moriori left, and there are close to a million Maori. Wow. Uh-huh.
4: Now, they just seem like they're stuck in time, right? Did you see any of them?
0: I did. I met this really nice guy on the plane. His name is Jude. He's half Maori; still speaks the language.
4: But but the the real ones that are like living like in huts and stuff like that. I mean, they're mm. they're, they're kind of
0: well. I didn't exist? meet any of them. I'm sure there are in certain areas. But during the Ironman race, there were actually over a hundred of what uh, they call themselves Iron Maori, and they're the Maori that do the Ironman triathlon. So you didn't see it in them. You just oh, you saw the back of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I got beaten by quite a few of them. Yes, I did. You just saw them from the back. That's why you couldn't tell me what they looked like. I yeah, was, even I some understand. of those big island guys, they had lapped me on the run. So, oh wow, really?
2: Yeah, they did. God. <laughs> so, uh, so it's like in you know, a the circle. Then it
0: wasn't. Was it? Is it flat? It was. Uh, the island is pretty hilly. Okay. The course. It was a little bit hilly, not too bad.
2: Yeah, but it, it makes a difference. They can train as they fight, so they know the the area, so they can run the course, run the route. You don't know what to expect. This is your first time doing it, right? Correct. Okay, so next time you'll be a little more prepared when you do it, what, next year? Uh, maybe. I'm, Might go sorry, somewhere ask,
0: else in the world.
2: As Finkter says what? Next year? <laughs>
0: uh, yes or no? <laughs> uh, maybe not New Zealand, but I'm sure Okay, some race somewhere. Just checking. Uh-huh. You can, you, okay, what's the next race you're going to do? I am seriously considering Ironman Australia May 7th. Okay. So that put me right back there.
4: What's it cost for a plane ticket over there?
0: Anywhere from 1200 to $2,500 for, for a round a trip. economy round trip.
2: Uh-huh. And you went with the whole family, right? Uh, your dad went with you?
0: No, this time my brother went. He competed in the race with me. Did he finish? He did. Uh-huh. He, he, so he made it? Okay. Yeah. Before you or behind you? Uh, he was behind me. Oh, okay. But we did see each other on the run, and we stuck it out for a while and kind of helped motivate each other because it was near the end, and we were both just destroyed, ready. Yeah, because the run is the last part. Oh, it was brutalizing, uh, demoralizing. Yeah. Can you win any Why do you say demoralizing? Because I was hurting so bad, I didn't know I could hurt that bad. and So I could
2: have beat you doing that run? No. No, not even that.
4: No. <laughs> sure, show, up, show, up, show up fresh at the end. Like, let's go. What's the problem? The last half
2: mile. Let's go. Train the trainer. <laughs> let's do this. So do you,
4: can you win any money if you if you win or if you finish? There's a,
0: for the pros, there's a $40,000 purse. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. For the pros. For the pros, yeah. And the amateurs, uh, they really race for yeah, they, a I mean, Kona this- spot is what it's called. What do, they consider, what do they constitute as being a pro? What, does that, what exactly does that mean to them? Well, you have to be sponsored, basically kick some butt and do really well in certain races where you can earn your pro card if you gotcha. finish as an amateur within uh, X amount of percent time behind the facet. You have to, compete in, the, the you have to compete in
4: a certain number of these at a certain level before they consider you a pro.
0: Uh, yeah, and you have to get certain times. There are sort of benchmarks that you have to hit. And then they say, okay, now we'll give you a chance to race with the pros. Any, you feel like getting there? (laughs) My specialty is the shorter races. This long stuff, it's a little too long. You know. So that's a little intimidating, huh? <laughs> it was a, I actually, the words you used were demoralizing. Yeah, I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fast stuff, that's like motivating. And- but I'm telling you, you finished, though. That's the important thing because to I go finished, that, you know, they go that far and for them to come out and say, okay. Um, Do we have proof you finished?
4: Excuse me. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> none of us were there, so. All right. Excuse all right,
2: me, sir. sir we're, all, we're, we're all leaving and going home. You just need to stop. You know that that's that hurts.
0: Yeah, after 17 hours, that hurts. If you are 100 meters from the finish line, and it hits that 17 hour mark, that's it, huh? They won't uh. even give you a medal. Ooh, you don't wow. get a See, finisher it's medal. It's the
2: reality of things. That's how the world is. That's how life yeah. is. Yeah. So know? let me ask you it's, this: it's, it's life.
4: Go ahead. Did you have like some sort of a some sort of a tracker on you to read to read? To read I mean, is there mile markers? There are a lot of those posted on
0: the course. I had a GPS watch as well, kind of.
4: Did you have it mentally broke down to where you knew exactly, like, how much ground you had to cover per X amount of time, and you know what I'm saying, in order to try to, to try to break it up in different bites? You know uh, what he I'm was saying? just
2: like, I'm going to keep going until they tell me to stop, yeah. <laughs> one step
4: <laughs> at <laughs> a time. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, it seems to me like it'd be easier if you set little goals. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, hey, you know, I gotta get the first ten miles and X amount
2: of minutes, this you know. And just between me and you. Mm-hmm. Nobody else, just me and you. Just one on one. Yeah, just us. How many times did you the call for your mother? Mom, don't <laughs> save me. Mom! <laughs> did, you, did you call for your mother at all? No? I don't think she could have heard me. No, she'd have heard you. <laughs> she'd have felt me, my pain. Me and my mother, we have this little mind meld thing going on. When something happens, you know, we just we get I can hear it. I can feel it in my head. It's really weird. So
0: Yeah, I was hesitant to show her that picture that was taken by that random photographer of me. Oh, God. Basically looking like Frankenstein. And said, oh, yeah, by the way, Not Mom, my I'm halfway finished. Up- <laughs> I thought she would have been able to feel my suffering. Uh, I did. I, hurt I as saw as that well. picture. I was just like, "Jesus, Throwing yeah. up water on the sidelines. <laughs> it was the most beautiful scenery. It was. That's that a volcano picture, in the background. That picture was scary. I'm just like, man, is he getting an IV right now? Like, what's happening? Has- I should have. A lot of people do after the race. And a lot of pros that race these. They won't even do the races if there's not a bag for them at the finish line. Really? Yeah, because they recover so much quicker.
4: Is there like weight limits or anything like that to this, or it's just just show up and nope. do it?
0: Okay.
2: Oh man, that's crazy.
0: My hats off to you. Good job. Thanks. Good
2: job for doing the Ironman New Zealand. Thank you. And that's a total of hundred and forty point six. A hundred and forty point six miles with a combination of
0: uh, swimming, biking. And running. Yeah, and uh, eating biscuits along the way. <laughs> I, I may, <laughs> if it pleases mate,
2: if it pleases the crowd. <laughs> All right, so we're, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Texas legislature. Uh, Tom just sent us HP 790. I'm not sure what that is, so we'll talk about that when we come back. That was the
4: knife bill that we testified on the
2: last week. Oh, okay. Well, Tom will have to tell me, Tom, uh, what day was that? Because I totally missed that, so I need to catch that when it hits the Senate. Or the Senate version of that So I just Definitely want to Catch you know The other half of that All right, so uh, When we come back We're going to talk about the news And then We'll close out the show This is Michael Cargill And you Are listening to Come and Talk It
4: Yo what's going on guys It's Chad Jones here And I get my gun news From Michael Cargill On Come
2: and Talk It
1: We're making our fame, <laughs> bona fide hustler, making my name. I wanna win again. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill.
2: Now it's time for GGN Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news, New York State Democrat Felix Ortiz has introduced a bill this session that would mandate insurance for firearm owners. This is not the first time Ortiz has supported such legislation. Back in 2013 and in 2015, he introduced similar bills. And newly registered firearm owners will now have to purchase insurance to cover themselves. And they got to get $250,000 worth. So if you are already a registered owner... You would have 30 days to get the insurance needed or your rights would be revoked. Uh, Ortiz justifies the bill in the official New York legislative page by stating that injury and deaths by gun has increasingly become a problem in New York and around the U.S. So in the wake of recent mass shooting incidents in Aurora, Colorado and Newtown, there has been a nationwide attention on gun control and public safety. This insurance policy will also serve as an incentive for firearm owners to implement safety measures in order to conduct the activity as safely as possibly and only when necessary. And of course the Brady campaign has praised the legislation as innovative. Uh, Definitely losing his mind. Rambo Weapons, military researchers at the U.S. Army Armament Research Development and Engineering Center, uh, or RDAC, collaborated with the Manufacturing Technology Program and have created something straight out of a sci-fi movie, homemade grenade launchers. That's right. Using the long existing and recently popularized technology of 3D printing, researchers are where they're able to manufacture a multitude of 40-millimeter grenade launchers in just a matter of hours. The weapons are made from a variety of methods but have been said to reach muzzle velocities within 5% of the production model, and it has resulted in no signs of degradation after 15 shots. Now, the model was improved upon with help from the 82nd Airborne Division Parachute Infantry Regiment. The results was a standalone kit for the weapon, aptly named the Rapid Additively Manufactured Ballistics Ordnance, or Rambo. It was described as the height of a new era of rapidly developed, testable prototypes that will accelerate the rate of researchers' advancements. Chicago's week long streak. This Monday was the end of Chicago's longest homicide free period of time since 2013. The string of time came to an end when a 30-year-old man was shot in the neck around 6.30 p.m. Monday night. He was taken to the hospital where he died. The most recent murder before that was a fatal shooting in the North Lawndale neighborhood on the west side where James Morris, 26 years old, was sitting in a minivan when someone repeatedly shot him. Since the beginning of the year, there have been 103 murders, 98 of them being the result of a shooting. And it's important to note that while there were no confirmed murders taking place in the specific time period, 43 people were shot but managed to survive their injuries. This was the longest length of time in between two homicides in Chicago since 2013. And it was only a period of eight days. New Mexico, cab driver self-defense discounts. Well, late last month, A cab driver in New Mexico was the victim of a disturbing crime that resulted in his demise. Larry Mullen, 58 years old, was picking up a fare in a parking lot when the 26-year-old customer attacked Mullen and killed him, only to steal his cab. The suspect was later captured after calls came in about a cab covered in blood and a man seen cleaning it out. Now, detectives have no motive yet as to why the suspect decided to do this, but they will continue to investigate. And a local security officer and firearms instructor saw this story and took it upon himself to help anyone he could.
4: Sometimes you're going to pick up somebody that scares the heck out of you. Firearms are, you know, they're a tool. Um, They're a tool for self-defense.
2: John Keel, owner of New Mexico Survival Concepts, posted an offer to all cab drivers in response to this event on his Facebook page. KILL is offering discounted concealed carry permit rates as low as $50. Now, per class, and along with information on how to de-escalate a conflict before it becomes violent. And that is your Global Gun News report for this week of South by Southwest
3: 2017.
2: Shame. 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 It's a shame that we have to go through these different measures to get bills passed uh, in the state of Texas that are pro-Second Amendment bills. Shame. Shame on my legislature. Shame. Shame on you if you work at the Capitol. Shame. 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 Texas is supposed to be a pro-Second Amendment state. We shouldn't have to go through these measures to get pro-Second Amendment bills passed. Uh, At all. It should have been the first state to get constitutional carry. Should have been. Number one. Not late to the game. Not, you know, the bottom of the inning. At this rate, uh, we're going to have, what, 15 states? Yes. I think it's 15. Uh,
4: No, I think think that by the end of the year we'll have 15, 15. But I think right now we're up to 12. Wow. But there's several that are going for it right now, right, and going hard. Yes, and Texas is just you know really just falling behind the way. New waist Hampshire side. was the last one that just got it. Which, by the way, I was just in New Hampshire uh, last weekend, mm-hmm. and I got I got to, I got to uh, exercise a little constitutional carry up there as well. Also, you don't have to wear seatbelts up there. Wow, nah, that's my like. <laughs> so it's it's definitely uh, there's definitely some more freedom up in New Hampshire than there is here in Texas. Yeah,
2: they just say live free or die.
4: Well, even their permits. One of the guys there showed me that he had a he had a license to carry, and it's it's just a piece of paper that the sheriff signs, and it's twelve bucks
2: mm. or no ten dollars ten dollars is what what it cost. That's how it used to be in Georgia. It used to be just a little sheet of paper with your thumbprint on it. I don't know what they use now, but back when I first got my Georgia license,
4: there may have been a thumbprint on this. I don't recall, yeah. but but literally it was nothing more than just a piece of paper that he had in his wallet had. His name on it, the sheriff's signature, and all you have to do is list three references for, for you know that are not felons mm-hmm. and literally the sheriff will sign off on it right there. Wow. And here we got this drawn out ridiculous process here in Texas. Wow. Yeah.
2: Shame. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good. So uh, so you enjoyed your New Zealand trip. I did. A Welcome lot. back. Thank Glad you, you made it back. Good Glad you back. finished.
0: We're very good to crowded. be back in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> come and take it because <laughs> <laughs> you could carry it. <laughs> All right, so
2: uh, let's see what else is going on in the Capitol, Justin. Well, right now we're just waiting for him to
4: schedule schedule some hearings because right now there hasn't been any gun bill hearings other than the interstate bill. So uh, if, if you're look want to get kept up to date, go check us out on Facebook, Lone Star Gun Rights. Uh, the second we find out something, the second we're going to post it. So. There's not much news on that front right now.
2: Yeah, because I got to be there. I got to be at the Capitol Monday and Tuesday because on Monday that's when you have all the marijuana stuff. It's coming up, so I'll be there for that on Monday, in between class and everything else I have going on. And then um, Tuesday, I'll we'll be there. I'll be there for that on Tuesday as well, in between class and everything else I go on. Because I actually have a class every day this week, so I'll be going back and forth to the Capitol. I'm using, sure I'll see you there using Fossen, if it if their system doesn't fall down. So, because trying to park at the Capitol is crazy. All right. So, man, um, definitely call those people. I want to give those numbers out one more time. I want to the numbers of the legislators we need to call, the ones that we need you to call this week, tomorrow, Monday, to let them know to please help us get these Second Amendment bills passed. Uh, we need them to come out of committee. Or go to committee. We need them to be heard. We would, in we would like them to co-sponsor because here's the thing: there, there are six Republicans that so are, are on the committee. So, what are we asking these these particular ones to do? Both. We want we want a hearing. Okay. And we want them to co-sponsor the bill. So, you need to hear the bill and also co-sponsor <clears throat> the bill. That's correct. Okay. The, and we're going to run these uh, names one more
4: time. Uh, uh, we, I would like to point out there are two representatives that have uh, that are on the committee that have co-sponsored already. Okay. So uh, it's Matt Schaefer and Will Metcalf. So th- those are two good reps.
2: All right, so run those least down. At least they're good re- on this issue. Run so that list down one more time.
4: The 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 entire list. Yes. Okay. Uh, right now, it's Representative Phil King. He's the chairman of the committee. That number is five one two four six three zero
2: seven three eight.
1: Shame. Shame. Shame.
2: It's a shame we have to ask this, but please call him,
4: Representative Dwayne Burns. It's five one two.
2: 463-0538 Shame. 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 It's a shame we have to ask you to do this, but please call him.
4: The next one's representative Justin Holland. His number's 512-463-0484. Shame.
2: Shame. Shame. It's a shame we have to go through these measures to get, get a pro-Second Amendment be- bill passed here in the state of Texas. Shame. And that, <laughs> that last representative is Representative John
4: Ray. His number is 512-463-0516.
2: Shame. 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 What a shame. All right, so now you have your mission. Please give these Uh, representatives a call and be polite Uh, please give them a call and be polite and let them know we need them pass these pro second amendment bills and call every day until we have a hearing as always more guns equals less crime go out and buy yourself a gun you've been listening to come and talking with michael cargill